You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Gentlemen, start your engine! Triangle Tire, Tires for Life presents Dave's Corner Garage. The following is a paid program. Opinions on the show are always expressed with a certain joie de vivre. Please consult a doctor before listening, as laughter can be infectious. Buckle in, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car query? Call now, 416-360-0740 or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Wow, that's one way to wake up. Well, it really is, and um, although the road is kind of wet, so I don't know if you get the same screech. No, I, I tried that this morning, and all I had heard was zzzz from my tires. Uh, well, that or your ABS or your, your traction control kicks in. Oh, and yeah, says, yeah, there's that too. idiot, what are you trying to do here? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, yeah. kind, that kind of weather, and you know, it's it's not my favorite time of year. Well, well, a number of different reasons. I mean, because, first of all, your car doesn't stick and you can't drive it all that fast. Well, you know, I mean... It's or do you like to road. put it in a four-wheel drift? Uh, some some days I do, but, yeah. you know, uh, we don't do that on public roads. Mm-hmm. But, you know, here's the thing. I would rather drive when, you know, we, we don't have just this, this rain all the time. Right. That's, you know, and, and the precipitation comes from the sky. It's not cold enough to turn into snow, and that means I can't go snowboarding. Ah, oh. you know it's too it's it's still too cold to have fun outside, and there's no snow on the ground, so you know it's a strange time of year. Well, and this week too, um, it happened earlier in November, but this week as well. And in fact, on the way down here, it was so misty, cloudy, foggy. Mm-hmm. Um, there were a couple times, uh, like I say, two weeks ago, where I could hardly see at all. Yeah, and and my one of my bones of contention is that oh, so many people don't know how to put on their headlights. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's that's another, you know, that's another thing. There's so many new cars that are still available in this market that um you don't have to turn on uh your headlamp switch for the interior instrument cluster lights to come on. So people drive around with just their daytime running lights on, no rear lights, and they have no clue that their their headlights aren't on at night. There was a guy coming down the parkway today in a black WRX. Mm-hmm. <laughs> of course, no uh, lights. Of course. No lights. Yes. And um, I thought, you know, buddy, and I wasn't thinking buddy, I was thinking the AH kind of. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Word. Yep. We can't say. Um, and, and driving in and out, I'm going... It, you know, if you're going to drive like that, at least be visible. <laughs> oh, this, this <laughs> okay? is the thing. Crazy. Yes. You know, you got you to be seen. I, on the way down, like I say, I saw him. I saw uh, Hyundai. I saw Kia. I saw, um, oh, um, oh, Dodge Caravans are big for that. Sure. Um, I and, and, and as well, of course, the, the, well, most of the Lexus, I think, have automatic headlights. But, but certainly... Um, you see a lot of Siennas and Highlanders, you know, dark. Yeah, there's a, there's a there's a few years where Toyota allowed that to happen. I think they're over that now. But there's a lot of Toyotas on the road that um, you know the you drive, drivers can basically drive around at night, not realizing that their headlamps are off. And you said and you know with, with the advent of all the LEDs, I mean, 
you know, you can watch F-150s that look like bright as day. Yes. But those aren't the headlights. No, those are just the daytime running lights. Right, so people are getting enough light in front of them, and of course on the dash, because that's all lit up. Yeah. Not to know that they don't have lights on. Yeah, absolutely. All right, we got a great show coming up today, talking about driving. You know, people still aren't full-time back at work, and if you're not, and not driving the same kind of mileage, Elliot Silverstein's here to tell you all about my pace, uh, which will save you... A lot of money. A lot of money. If you're if you're not driving um, a, a lot, my pace is a is a really really cool product. It is yeah. actually. I had someone in this week. This thing fell out. Can can you help me put it back? Because <laughs> I don't know where it goes. Yeah. Yeah. It does come with a dongle and it comes with instructions, but um, you know, unless you got a good flashlight and get down on your knees easy, it can mm. be a bit of a chore to put in. But but yeah, well some, worth it. It's going to save cars. you lots of money. Yep. We've got your pal Rob Calise from yeah. uh, Element Fire. Element Fire, yeah. Uh, Rob's got a very, very cool uh, uh, fire extinguisher product. Uh, he's been on the show before, and uh, the, the the product is is so small um, that it can go anywhere, whether it's in your car or your trailer or whatever, and uh, it's a really, really cool thing. So Rob will talk about that later in the show. And when, and it's too bad Jay Leno didn't know about it. Well, I, I think Sad Jay Leno's man. situation happened really quickly. All right, we're going to talk too quickly about the Good Shepherd and how we want you to donate and uh well help us get the 500 followers on instagram there we go this yes. is dave's corner garage after the break brian and i will continue this uh verbiage of merriment and information on that automotive highway this is dave's corner garage we'll be right back welcome back to dave's corner garage i'm brian max here in studio with alan gelman from glenn allen motors oh we're back we lost, we lost the mic there for a second. Oh, I thought you had already used that hooker reference. No, yeah, that's... You the, know, I heard you and your buddy talking about it. What kind of hooker videos are Brian <laughs> talking about? I, I know he likes to do racy kind of stuff. Yeah. That's a little too racy, That's, a, that's not the, the racy kind of stuff we're talking about. So, um, you see, when you're driving around, and I, I tend to see it at, at intersections, uh-huh. people, you know, I call it hooking the wheel, and that's where they've got their, their hand underhanded at the top of the steering wheel at, like, the 12 o'clock. Point. Right. And then they, they somehow think that's a great way to turn the steering wheel, which is not the, the way to do it. Well, with power steering, it's easy to do. It is, but, it, you know, so as, as Rob Kalisi and I were talking about before mm-hmm. the show, it's, it's more work to do that than to steer properly and with your hands at nine and three and do the overhand thing if it's a tight turn or whatever the case is. But this underhand mm-hmm. hooking of the wheel is, it's absurd, uh, number one, because if you are in a crash and you're holding the steering wheel there, so let's say you're, sa- you're sitting yeah, at yeah, an yeah. intersection and somehow... You know, we've all seen those crazy videos on the internet, but somehow something bad happens. And even though you're sitting there, there's an impact to your car. Mm-hmm. The airbag's going to deploy. Uh-huh. And with your hand underhanded at the top of the steering wheel, what that means is you're going to get punched in the face with your own hand. <laughs> it's going to it's gonna probably break your wrist. Isn't that insulting? And your teeth and your nose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and, and on top of that, you can't steer the car. You don't have control of the car when your hand is underhanded at the top of the steering wheel at twelve o'clock. It just doesn't work. I guess too. And if your hard, if your hand does come down as a result of the impact, it's going to turn you left, and and possibly into on- oncoming cars. I, in fact, when, when I dr- when I learned to drive, uh, my dad taught me. <laughs> and he was proud. He was a taxi driver. What what could go wrong there? Um, but we also had we had the wheel cranked in the intersection because you're you want you want to be halfway there to turn left. Right. And my daughter said, who went to official driving school, yes, that dad, you don't do it that way. And I went, 
What do you mean? Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> because, yeah, because if you get hit from behind, it's going to push you in front, and you don't want to be. You want your wheels to be straight ahead. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. But, uh, yeah, hooking of the wheel uh, is one of my pet peeves, and, you know, uh, teaching race driving and performance driving, it just, like, it is, it is, uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me. And what I'd like, like, it's not a technique that anybody would have learned mm-hmm. at a driving school. And, uh, and you know, I asked uh, on Instagram and TikTok and all these things, like, if you steer like this, let me know who taught you how to do this. Because I don't, I don't understand it. Nobody I know has ever used that technique to steer effectively. And uh, I don't know the origins of it. I'd love to know. Maybe, like, it was in a movie from the 50s, you know, the the, the cool dudes. Maybe they did it. Or, uh, well, or it, the Fonz. Maybe the Fonz drove like I that. I don't know. Didn't he, didn't he ride drove a motorcycle? A motorcycle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it wasn't in Fast and the Furious. Or maybe Richie Cunningham. Mm. <laughs> Possible. I think it's a, it's a more modern thing because, uh-huh. um, you know, older cars had slower steering racks. And you really needed to turn the wheel a lot. Right. Now, you, the cars have a quicker steering racks with very effective power steering. So I guess it's kind of easy to do, but it, it is not anatomical. I just, I don't understand it. And if, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it's on my Instagram, which is Brian Max. It's on my TikTok and YouTube and all of that stuff. Speaking and, of dumb stuff. Yes. Um, I had a car in this week where there was footprints on, on the windscreen on the passenger side. Yes, that's that's another thing. So I'm going to be talking about that uh, on an uh, upcoming um, social media post about putting your feet on the dashboard when you're riding as a passenger. Isn't it kind of cool? Like, especially if, you're, if you've if got the seat back, like you're in the, what did you call that position? The, uh, the gangster lean. Gangster yes. lean. Yeah. Well, you know, I'm pretending like I'm in my easy chair, you know? <laughs> i got the feet up on the dashboard. And... Uh, the, yeah, so again, it's another one of those things. Imagine your feet are up on the dashboard and something bad happens and you're in a crash. Yeah, and, and your seatbelt is not designed to hold you from sliding underneath. No. No, no, no. No. There, and, there, you know, there are plenty, plenty of stories. I mean, I don't, I, don't, you know, I don't need to recreate the visual, but just imagine what would happen in the event of a crush. You're not, you're not seated properly. You're not protected. The, the, the car's safety systems will not protect you properly because you're not meant to be seated like that. Right. Um, so, yeah, bad things do happen. And don't, if you know anybody who puts their feet on the dashboard in the passenger seat, get them to stop straight away. This is bad news. Yeah, I've, I've, I've seen them, and I've... I've tried the point, and they're like, they're you know, oblivious, right? Or obliviates. I think Jim. <laughs> we got Jim, a new term. No, no, Jim Richards actually on another radio station, a great talk show guy. Um, he called them obliviates. Yeah, you know, yeah. People who, you know, should know better or or do know better, but just don't do it. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And and um, I think when we had uh, Sean Shapiro in here last time, we were or no, I think uh, our friend Kerry Schmidt. Yes. Uh, about people sitting in the in the left lane on the on the freeway going slowly. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and and you know, in general, I find those drivers oblivious. They oh, they don't know what they're doing. They it's you know, I mean, driving is literally taking one hundred percent of their attention and energy. Well, they're lost. They're looking <laughs> at their phone for directions. <laughs> That's probably okay. it. I thought I put it in MapQuest, but I don't see it. And and then they slow right down, and it's it's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's not good. Not safe. No, I, I I see it a lot. I mean, I I think one of the uh, and not to to cover up or or try to pretend these or protect these people, but Highway 7 is horrible that way because, you know, in, on most highways, when you want to get off, the exit is on the right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Highway 7 was kind of an afterthought. It, Highway 7 existed, but they just couldn't all of a sudden tear down all this property around it. Right. So there's lots of intersections, Bayview being one, where you don't get off on the right side, you actually get off on the left side. Uh, yes, so yes, yes, it, yes. So it, you're, if you've been on, I've seen people where people got on the, on the highway at Young Street or Dufferin Street, but you know, and and they got in on the left side. Just w- immediately went to the left side, sure. knowing that eventually 
they're getting off on that side. Uh-huh. So instead of negotiating through lanes of traffic, I'm just going to go on this side and, and, and think nothing wrong with it. Uh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That, yeah. that doesn't surprise me. And yeah, and like I had mentioned earlier too, um, I, years ago back when, when cell phones just started, and I'd honked some woman and I said, because uh, she's just sitting there, and she rolled her window down and said, excuse me, I'm on my phone. And <laughs> a, a, as if, and I was supposed to be apologetic. Yes, yes, you should. Come on, Al. <laughs> for, for honking, you know. Yeah, that's rude. I understand that. I understand that. <laughs> uh, speaking of oblivious, you know, we were talking about lighting earlier. Um, same thing with headlights now, where where you see so many people with their high beams on. The, yeah, this is the, this is another thing. Um, it, well, it, my my wife has a modern nice car. I drive yeah. the old S box, you know. Right. Yeah. Um, so I got nothing like that. But you can't leave your high beams on, like they only go to automatic. Some cars, yes. So if if car lights are coming the other way, it kicks them off. Yeah, absolutely. And those systems are great. Yes. Yep. So if you've got a blue light on your dashboard, it typically means your high beams are on. Uh, and if you've got a, a blue light in your in your in your rearview mirror, there's a snowplow behind you. Okay, <laughs> those are the two. Stay attention. Pay attention. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max in studio with Alan Gelman, and joining us is Elliot Silverstein from CAA. Elliot, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Not too bad. You know, we're getting into winter and, uh, you know, that changes things. So it's, you know, driving has been an adventure lately. And um, we've talked about this before on the show. CAA has a very, very cool product called MyPace that is basically you are only paying for as much insurance as you use. Is that, is that a fair description? It really is because, you know, we, we launched this about four and a half years ago. We launched this four and a half years ago, you know, long before pandemics were on the, the minds of, of uh, Ontarians. And really what it's designed to do is it's designed to really, you know, pay in 1,000 kilometer increments. So if you're a low kilometer driver or if you're a family that has a car that is used less, perhaps just in the summer or perhaps, you know, in different ways, this is a way to get the full type of coverage, but only pay in, in the kilometers you drive, which is, again, as we look at, you know, 2023 and, and everybody talk about how they're going to look at their pocketbooks. This is a great option that is unique to CAA. We're the only ones in Canada to offer a pay-as-you-go product like this. You know, most of my friends love to drive, but they also have cars that they don't often drive. And um, just the other day I was driving something, you know, never driven this this kind of crazy car before. It normally sits in my friend's driveway. And this is the this is the perfect kind of product for them. It really is because really at the end of the day, I mean, you've got the cars and a lot of families will have the same situation where they have a minivan that gets kids to and from and they'll have a vehicle that is driven maybe once a week, but they're paying 12 months of insurance to get the coverages if something were to happen in their house, um, you know, if it's, if it's parked on the road and so forth. You know, but this is the opportunity through CA MyPace where you get retain the full coverage, even if you're only driving a thousand kilometers, say every three or four months. So there is a base rate you pay, and then in the thousand kilometer increments, which which is wonderful. And we've seen so many people, especially since the pandemic, sign on to this, put the dongle in their vehicle, and reap the rewards so that they're seeing you know three or four payments less a year, which again is groceries, it's other types of activities that people can do in and around the province and around the country. And really, what it's designed is for my pace. It's for those who drive less than 12,000 kilometers a year. Once you've hit that threshold, you're essentially paying the exact amount you would pay in a traditional policy. Okay. And as I understand it, I I guess there's a a payment or factor every thousand kilometers you drive. 
That's correct. So if, so, if you if you drive, let's say, a thousand kilometers in one month, you'll get that renewal within thirty days. If you drive a thousand kilometers every three months, you'll have a bit of a cooling off period. You won't see anything for a little bit. At about seven hundred fifty kilometers, you'll get a notice saying it's coming up soon. Mm-hmm. And just before the one thousand kilometers, you'll get the uh, the bill, and you'll you'll see the payment right there. You could have a car that sits for three or four months, and you know, and not pay for insurance, but you're still you still have coverage, right? So there, there's still the you know the basic coverage. You still have the you still have the coverage of the policy that that's on it, regardless of of whether you're driving it that day or not. And I think that's a lot of where the conversation came out during the pandemic is that some were recommending that drivers take certain coverages off their insurance to save some money. Whereas what we did is we found a formula where we could say you still have the coverage whether you're driving or not, and not running into having making these changes because again, people take off coverages. And they forget to put them back on and they either find out at the time of renewal or when they have to make a claim and they realize, unfortunately, that they don't have that coverage and they're in trouble. This is a completely different way of thinking about your basic automotive coverage. I, th- I think it's great. And, and it's really it's, it's challenging because, again, a lot of people, you know, we've done our research at CAA where we try to understand people's comfort and understanding of insurance. And people say, by and large, two-thirds of respondents, that insurance is complicated. They don't understand what's in their policy. They don't know what to do. So we've done a lot of work on that, you know, through our insurance guidebook and and releasing some materials online earlier this year to to really try and highlight that. But it it really speaks to to this type of issue because people don't understand what kind of coverages they have. So they start taking materials off their car. They may not realize what type of risk they're putting themselves in, even just getting behind the wheel and going to the corner store thinking they'll be gone for less than five minutes, it doesn't take very long for these incidents to happen. This is a natural segue to the materials that CAA actually provides for consumers, which is your insurance guidebook. And like you said, insurance is not the easiest thing to understand, but the, you know, I've, I've looked through the guidebook and it's very, very comprehensive. I even learned a couple of things the last time I looked at it. <laughs> and, you know, and that was really our intent. And this was something that we didn't rush into uh, quickly. We, we really spent a lot of time trying to bring the, the conversation to a level where people can understand and digest it and, and have better conversations with a broker or agent. By, by no means is it meant to replace any of the professionals in this space. But again, people just don't know what certain coverages mean or what certain processes are. Even in the guidebook, we talk about things, you know, what happens if you're in a collision or breakdown and what and the things to do because people, they react. And, and, you know, what we've done so well for so many years is educate consumers. And this is the next phase because insurance is complicated. And they've also, the public has told us when they say who's responsible for educating consumers about insurance, they, they point the finger at the insurance companies. So again, leading by example, we talk about my pace leading the way. This is the exact same thing where we are bringing it into a simplified language so people can understand it better and have better discussions with family and their brokers or agent. To have a, an informed conversation with your agent or your broker, you have to understand some of this. You know, even looking at something like my pace, sometimes if you go get a quote from a broker or agent, you may have a situation where the breakage fee from your current insurance policy could actually be less than what you're saving. So you may actually still walk away saving money by changing policies because you may not realize you're paying much more than you would need to based on your your driving habits. So this is where we're really trying to kind of put all the puzzle pieces together. What I'd like to point out is it's not CAA as an insurance company that makes it complicated. You have to comply with all kinds of regulatory considerations. It doesn't matter which insurance company you're with. There are rules and regulations that we all have to adhere to. And what we wanted to try and do is, and and that's the beautiful part about the document is that it's not 
designed with CAA's policies in mind. It's designed with really the Ontario market in mind. So that regardless of who you shop with, who you deal with and so forth, it just lets you have that level playing field. And I think that's what's so critical because again, people are going to look at their renewals into the into 2023 and they're going to say, listen, I'm looking at finding cost efficiencies for my home and, and a few dollars here saved every month adds up over a 12 month period. And that's where I think people can be very successful. Elliot, if somebody needs to find more information or is curious about my pace, how do they find more information about that product? The best places to go is to caasco.com or to caainsurancecompany.com and get more information either on our, our general Ontario efforts or on the insurance company as well. And of course, your insurance guidebook. Uh, it's that, available, yeah. On the sites, yeah. On the same websites. I gotta love that. Well done. And again, I highly recommend the guidebook. If you're unsure about any aspects of your automotive insurance policy, read CAA's guidebook. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for having me as always. Looking forward to to many more conversations on, on lots of great things to help protect your audience each and every day. Elliot, thanks again for joining us. We really appreciate it. It's always insightful to have you on. You're listening to Dave's Corner Garage. We will be right back after the break. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max here with Alan Gilman from Glen Allen Motors, and it's a lovely Saturday here in Toronto. Well, it's kind of yucky out, um, and in and, and, and yucky weather, you don't want a, a hot car. You want a sport utility vehicle, and you just tested a brand new one. Yeah, today on my YouTube channel, so you can find it on uh, Dave's Corner Garage Facebook page, uh, drove the, the all-new uh, Range Rover. Was it stolen? It was not. It was not. And, and I have secure garage parking. Perfect. But, perfect. Uh, yeah, people still love uh, stealing Range Rovers and Lexus and all that stuff. Uh, are, are they able to get them fast enough? Uh, replacements? Yes. No. No. Uh, no, there's no stock on these things. So it, it, they're, still, they're still very hard to get. Um, but uh, what, a, what a lovely, what a lovely vehicle. I mean, the, the Range Rover is kind of the original luxury off-roader. Right, the and, one the one with clean would drive in. Absolutely, and, yeah. And you know now you know. I was the, surprised actually. I was looking at it to be a right wheel drive, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's definitely a Canadian car, but uh, beautifully designed. Mm-hmm. Um, not exactly my style because I like a little more connection to the road. Right, but uh, beautiful suspension rides really softly. It's very very. Uh, you know what I I you know I I watched it. I was just on my phone. Obviously, I wasn't watching it on a big screen. But mm-hmm. did it not have like thirty or forty series tires on it? Yeah, I think it had uh, 23 inch wheels. And I thought, <laughs> how can you, first of all, I mean, you, you know, it's, it, it's, a, it's a guaranteed recipe for disaster in yes. terms of ruining a tire and a wheel. Yep. Number one. Number two, and how do they make that smooth? You know what? They, they've got a very sophisticated suspension in that thing. So it's air springs mm-hmm. with uh, with uh, adaptive dampers. So the, the they they adapt to, to road conditions like a thousand times a second. Wow. So the, it's, a, it's a very smooth ride. But the Range Rover is an off-roader. And, you know, 22 or 23-inch tires are not the uh, recipe for off-road success. No, exactly. You know, so as, as, I, as I tell the viewers on YouTube all the time, it, it's all about the tire for whatever you're doing. So if you're on the racetrack, you want a racetrack-oriented tire. If you're going to go off-roading, you kind of want an off-road tire. And the tires that are on these, you know, modern $200,000 Range Rovers are kind of even, uh, an all-season sort of tire. And yeah. definitely not suited to off-road. As, as sophisticated as the all-wheel drive system is and the air suspension is, it's still about the tire. So if you're going to go off-road, you got to have the right tire. Uh, yes, I prefer a 60 series kind of tire <laughs> with a big fat old sidewall that can take the impact and not 
lose your teeth. Well, especially on our roads. Mm-hmm. Um, and and there, you know, there's there's certainly there's always a risk when you have uh, low profile tires uh, to to damage your tire, damage the wheel. Um, on on the other hand, the the Range Rover uh, loved to soak up potholes and and speed bumps. And but I kind of wonder, you know, we, we we always have CAA on with their worst roads of the year, and I, yeah. and 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 I don't know. Is it something to do with catch basins, you know, not being fixed as often as they should? Because certainly being in the business, when someone comes in and they say, I got a tire that's losing air, mm-hmm. or I've got a noise that sounds like an airplane, um, it's usually the right front wheel bearing or tire. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's the one everybody catches in the sewers, uh, sewer grates and, yeah. and catch basins. I, and I kind of wonder, is it the city not fixing them or keeping up, you know, with, with the, the infrastructure, or is it a case of... Our tires are also narrow now well, that we can't absorb them. I, well, there's that. Um, you know, I'd like to say that oftentimes it's user error, but to be fair, you can't often see this this stuff. Well, you as a bicycle rider know that you know absolutely sewers coming up. Better go around it. Absolutely. You don't want to be caught in it. Yeah. But as a car driver, you, there's, you you can't see some of these potholes. It's impossible. On on the other hand, this morning, you know, speaking of that that you know, right front wheel bearing or hub or, or mm-hmm. wheel. Um, I saw a, a driver clearly not paying attention at an intersection and turned um, right into the curb at the intersection wow. and basically drove a brand new car through it, scraped both front and rear wheels. Wow. It was a, a remarkable thing to see. That's about uh, two to $3,000. Absolutely. They, they, <laughs> they might even be coming to you, Al. <laughs> yes. Yeah, you know, it's funny. And, and, and people don't realize that, you know, they're, they're looking at a new car, and the salesman may point out to say that, look at them sexy wheels and tires. And, nah, and, and, and yep. people are going, oh, that's kind of neat. Those are, I like those. Mm-hmm. Until they wear out and need to be, either be replaced because the tire is worn out, that's the cheap side, mm-hmm. or they've hit a pothole. Yes, and then it's like, oh, that's a $400 tire. Exactly. And like the old days, I used to buy four tires for 400 bucks. You that, know? That, that's right. And those were the good ones. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it's, it's changed considerably, but you don't have any options. Um, no. But, and, no. And you know, the thing is with, you know, for the, uh, the last, um, I, I'd say the last 20 years, um, the tire has been engineered with the car mm-hmm. at at through its development cycle. So the tire that comes on the car has been engineered for that car. Yes, 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 yes. That that's why you don't want to mess around too much because you know engineers have spent thousands of hours making this car you know handle properly and ride nicely. Yep. Um, I, I I'm certain because because now of course you have active suspension. Yes. Um, where it's changing. Thousands of times per second. Mm-hmm. Um, even my wife's car, which isn't a, you know, it's not a Rolls Royce by all means, but there's a setting on it. You just turn the knob, and you want to be sport. Do you want to be this? Do you want to be that? Yep. And that's affecting those shock absorbers. Oh, absolutely. And and uh, the the BMW X7. Mm-hmm. I've got a, a 2023 BMW X7, which is their big three row SUV. Yeah. It's one of those cars that actually has cameras out front that reads the road and will adjust. The, the the shocks the dampers really uh, yeah to, to lessen the impacts so there's several cars that do that but this is one of them plus this car so you know you know what an anti roll bar is yes yes this car has active anti roll bars oh wow so um they 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 work basically through an electric motor and the the ride is soft when it needs to be soft and if you either go drive aggressively through some corners or put it in sport mode the suspension 
basically firms up and the, there's no more body roll. It's a, a remarkable thing. And the thing weighs almost 6,000 pounds. You know, it's funny how we come from opposite sides. I mean, I've been in the car business my whole life and I'm the one who has to say, yeah, this is what it's going to cost to repair your car. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I listen to Brian talk about all these active and, 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 and computerized and, and cameras going, <laughs> these people have no clue. They have no idea. <laughs> and, you know, there's, there's certain luxury vehicles that we see out there that might have some age on them that have air suspensions, and they're leaning to one side. Yeah, no, and that, that's the sad part, eh, is, is, you know, Buddy walks into a used car dealership, and the guy says, you know, for the same money, I could put you in a Mercedes or BMW. And he, he usually goes, Really? He's thinking he's <laughs> he's going to be coming to buy a Camry, right? Right. And then, of course, he doesn't have it a month, and the exhaust system falls off, and it's like, yeah, it'll be two grand. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> you know, for this. And yep. Well, isn't it just the muffler? And how come it costs so much money? This is the thing. So I don't I don't know what it costs, but a, a friend of mine has uh, has a, um, a Mercedes S class, mm-hmm. and these things have active seats. So it so in the corner, so there's some Mercedes that have this this feature, and what oh, happens the is the bolster yeah, firms yeah, yeah. up in the corner, right? Mm-hmm. And it's and it, and it, it's an air bladder in the seat. Then there's a compressor on board. Well, one of the airlines broke, uh-huh. so it was hissing for the longest time. Sure, it couldn't figure it out. So took it to the to the dealer. I think it took three weeks to get it repaired. Oh, because they couldn't find it. Well, no, they couldn't get the parts. Ah, uh, as usual, right? The regular yeah. story. Actually, my older daughter just left me a message, too. She had inherited a Mercedes, and, uh, oh, my God, it was so crazy. It had it had airbag suspension. It was the big one. Yes. And, um, you know, she called me from downtown <laughs> and say, Dad, something's really weird. Like, my car is, like, really low to the ground. <laughs> yep. And uh, me being the uh, frugal kind of guy, I said, well, well, try to drive it. See what happens, because mm-hmm. we, we, we weren't CAA members at the time. And uh, she said, it, it's really bouncy, eh? But I, I said, do you hear any, like, scraping? She says, no, there's no scraping. I said, well, then carry on. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, drive slow. What a, and we're and afterwards, of course, we're looking at it and going, what a dumb setup, you know? It was like plastic airlines yep. that, like, hello, I mean, they break, they crack, they pop off. Mm-hmm. and uh, But we were able to find it quickly. Oh, that's good. And, and, and find aftermarket uh, airbags to go in the suspension. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, so we saved so, a whack of money there. Yeah, so there's no excuse for these, these cars uh, sitting low to the ground when their air suspension fails somehow. No, and, and in fact, we talked earlier about, you know, certain things being optional. For example, you talked about, uh, you know, if you want stupid power in your car, you, you have the option whether to pay for it or not. Um you know, I mean, it's like okay, I, I'm paying a hundred thousand dollars for this electric car. Mm-hmm. Do I need to spend another twenty five to give me, you know, ten percent more horsepower? Um, that's only going to get me in more trouble, well, right? Th- this is this is the thing. Well, and so the point being is that you know maybe you don't need to own cars. I mean, just just lease it. And the best way, of course, because I always tell people, I said, as much as you like those fancy cars, I said. It, the only way to, you get one of those, and I'm not going to mention, they all come from the same country, by the way, or uh-huh. most of them, yep. um, is you, you you lease or buy it relatively new, yep. and you get rid of it before your warranty is over. 100%. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. That and some other great advice and tips uh, will be coming forth from Rob Khaleesi from Element Fire. Uh, you never know when something bad could happen. Stick around. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max here in studio with Alan Gelman. And joining us on the line is my pal, racer and uh, world traveler, Rob Khaleesi from Element Fire. Rob, how are you? I'm doing all right, Brian, and uh, good to be on the show again. Good to be with you and Alan uh, one more time. Well, we're going to have you in studio at, at some point once again, and uh, it's it's nice to have you. For listeners who don't know what Element Fire is, um, and the reason we're having you on the air is because what you have to, uh, to you know, uh, a nice fire safety product makes a wonderful Christmas gift. And, uh, and tell our listeners a little bit about your product. Sure. Uh, to make it real simple, I mean, most people are familiar with a regular fire bottle. It you know, weighs somewhere between five and seven pounds. Uh, when you go to discharge it, if you pull the pin, you get about nine to 11 seconds of discharge. And then you get about nine to 11 months of cleaning afterwards from the big pile of dust and dirt that came out of it. <laughs> that's one way to say it. Yes, it does make a big, big... I, I've seen them in the engine compartments, and, and when that stuff sticks to oily surfaces, it's, forget it. Like, mm. you just can't get it off. Right, so Element is a technology that was developed in Italy, and uh, the extinguishers are currently uh, still manufactured in Italy. And uh, what it is, it's an extinguisher that is 80% smaller, uh, it's one-tenth the weight. Uh, when it discharges, it makes no mess. Uh, it uh, will discharge for five times longer. So when you get one started, it runs for 50 to 60 seconds. And uh, it doesn't rob breathing oxygen or create any toxic byproducts. And I guess, and the other really cool thing about it is it's very, very stable. It never requires any maintenance. It never expires. So it's buy it once, buy it for life type situation. Wow. And, and so physical size, is, it's quite small. Like you exactly. say, it, it, so it's kind of it, like a, like a flare or something, or correct. It, it looks like a, it's a stick that's about one inch in diameter and about eleven inches long, and uh, it's as a solid chemical. And it looks like a flare, and you also, you actually discharge it similar to a flare, where there's a system where you strike a tip to a cap, and um, and it starts the extinguisher, and off it goes. And there's a really simple pictogram on the side of the unit that, uh, for somebody who's not familiar, can easily figure it out. Although best to read it before, eh? <laughs> yeah, d- definitely. It's it's definitely a case of uh, of reading the manual first, but also on uh, on your website and uh, and your social media. So your website's elementfirecanada.com and uh, official Element Fire on all your favorite social platforms. You've got plenty of videos that show people how the product actually works. Uh, correct. In fact, we actually have a video where we got a person who had never used one and never seen one before. We had them run around the building so that they would be winded and walk up to it, and, and we said, figure it out. And it's in one take, and they had it going in less than 10 seconds. Well, you know, holidays coming up, and it's certainly a time of year when people are eating or gathering together for uh, for festive reasons. Um, and, and, and number one fire, I'm guessing, is probably on the stove, correct? Uh, stove fires uh, are generally the most common type that you get in a household. However, come around uh, Christmas time, uh, two types of fires will overtake that type of fire. One is uh, natural Christmas trees that aren't watered daily and uh, and are uh, kept either too close to candles, uh, uh, fireplace, something that could ignite them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other thing is the use of candles. I mean, obviously, the use of candles goes up in a big way. And there's an expression that we like to use, which is, you know, when you go out, blow out. So uh, be sure to not leave candles running unattended in your home. And obviously be sure to water your Christmas tree on a daily basis to make sure that uh, it doesn't dry out because they can be extraordinarily flammable. 
Now, Rob, these are all different kinds of fires, right? I mean, you have paper, you have wood, uh, and, and of course, the on the fryer, you have oil. Now, normally, they all have to be extinguished different ways. Now, can your fire extinguisher handle all of these different kinds of fires? Uh, yes, it can. So uh, the various types of fires for the people that, are, I guess, aren't in, uh, initiated on it, is you've probably heard of an extinguisher like an ABC category. So right. any fires are solid items. Uh, and then you have, uh, uh, like, paper, trash, that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And then you have uh, liquids and gas fires, which are B fires. Right. Uh, and then you have C fires, which are uh, electrical fires. Uh, then there's an additional category, which is K fires, which is kitchen oils and fats. Oh, wow. And what makes those extinguishers a little different is that a kitchen oil pan fire, if you use um, a B extinguisher on it, it cu- the pressure comes out with a lot of pressure. Mm-hmm. And if it hits the, uh, the liquid, it'll blow the liquid out of the pan and create a big fireball. So uh, the element fire extinguisher is cool in that it's A, B, C, and K rated. So for all those major fire classes, and you can use it on a kitchen oil pan fire safely. Now, speaking of the holidays, you've got a special coming up. Well, special for the Dave's Corner Garage listeners, right. uh, anyone who goes to the site and uses the coupon code at checkout of DCG10 will get 10% off their order. All right. That's very cool. And your, uh, your California pal, uh, Jay Leno, recently uh, uh, had a fire at, uh, at his garage. And uh, it was uh, it was you know one of those things that uh, you just really couldn't plan for. But um, my uh, my thought with especially with uh, with your product, Rob, and and you know lots of our friends, including you, have uh, have these um, you know special old cars, and um, your product fits easily in any car. Correct. So one of the things that we you know I'm I'm the biggest hypocrite out here because uh, I'm I'm here touting fire safety, but back before I started doing this and really got involved with it, I didn't want to carry a big fire extinguisher around because there was nowhere to put it in in the tight confines of a car. And where I really became converted is that, uh, you know, with a lot of these small uh, sports cars I like to play with from time to time, there's very little room in them. And with an element, it's great. It'll fit in the the door pocket, in the very, very small glove box, in the small seat pocket. And it's really, really critical to carry an extinguisher in the cabin of the car. A lot of people say, oh, I'll put it in the trunk or I'll put it in the front compartment or whatever the case might be. You lose way, way too much time. So uh, the cool thing with an element is you can put it in places where extinguishers were, it's just impossible to have otherwise. Well, I guess, too, if you're a mechanic, for example, I know in my shop, for example, people will move to different locations within the shop. Um, you're not again, thinking of where the fire extinguisher is in that particular bay, um, because it could be on different spots. So why don't you just, if, if you have your toolbox there, you could probably just put one in one of the toolbox drawers so you always know that that's where it is. No, worst comes to worst, you can grab one of those. Uh, correct. Uh, we also offer a magnetic mount in which you can uh, then have extinguishers, for example, on a hoist, on a welder, mm-hmm. on your toolbox, you know, near potential sources of ignition, because if you have a fire, um, you know, you want to be able to take care of it as quickly as humanly possible. And, you know, in the case of, you know, you brought up Jay Leno, Mm -hmm. Jay Leno's circumstances were very, very odd in that he got sprayed with fuel that ignited instantaneously next to an open flame. So that's a situation where even if, you know, you were standing next to someone with an aimed fire extinguisher, that really wouldn't have helped, helped them out. But, uh, you know, it's, it's just a reminder of how quickly things can go wrong. 
Oh, exactly. I mean, as working as a mechanic, we I remember in the old days, you know, people's wire, ignition wires used to get bad, and the car would get towed in, and it had been raining or snowing, and, and so you get some WD-40 or other, some other kind of aerosol, and you'd spray it on the wires of the distributor cap. Well, next thing you know, um, you crank it over, and the whole thing catches fire. Well, <laughs> it's like, I didn't know that that would happen. Pro- that's the issue with fires. Is yep. Sometimes you just don't know. That's right. All right, one more time to get, uh, you can get a discount. It's Dave's Corner Garage. Uh, DCG 10, if you go to elementfirecanada.com. Right, Rob? Absolutely. Guys, thanks again for having me and wishing everyone safe travels and safe uh, safe driving this holiday season. Yeah, same to you, Rob. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And keep one of those in the glove box. Yeah, and the kitchen, and the trailer. <laughs> and the toolbox. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. I'm Brian Max here with Alan Gelman in the studio of downtown Toronto. It's very exciting today. Um, one thing we got to uh, remind you, need need your help, and yes. we're going to help other people. So uh, help us to get to 500 followers on Instagram. That's Dave's Corner Garage 1 on Instagram. And uh, when we get there, we're making a cash donation to the Good Shepherd Ministries here in the city. Folks doing great work, and they need a little bit of support. Yep, yeah, it is that time of year, so we're happy to help. So you're ticking people off on TikTok or Instagram? Every social media platform uh-huh. with this hooking the steering wheel thing. Wow! And uh, you know, I'm not. I shouldn't be surprised because I've, I've, you know, taught people performance driving and racing driving for a really long time, and there are a lot of bruised egos because someone out there is telling people that they're driving badly. But but at the same time, but when when you go to the track, I mean, your mind is focused. You're 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 there to drive the car. Uh-huh. As opposed to going to pick up a quart of milk. It, it is a different thing, but um, what what I'm alluding to is there are some uh, men, which is why I often prefer teaching women at performance driving schools, mm-hmm. there are some men who can't be taught how to drive. Well, <laughs> well, no, I understand that. I mean, there's other things you can't tell them either, right? Eh? There are apparently other things. Uh, we, were t- we were speaking with Rob Khaleesi before the show, and uh, and uh, there there is a quote from uh, Jackie Stewart that uh, that suggests there are two things you can't teach a man, and that's uh, how um, uh, how to um, have relations with a with a woman, mm-hmm. and also how to drive. Well, one is a total mystery, anyways. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Cars are easy to figure out, but and women. That, and that book would be like so thick. Eh? <laughs> I don't right. know if you can see my hands, but they're like feet <laughs> apart, right? That's right. It's like an encyclopedia. <laughs> All right. Speaking of teaching people, I had three occasions this week where people came in with no oil in their car. Um, oh no! Yeah, one was. Uh, there's a couple of lights on, and I got a funny noise, which I didn't think immediately <laughs> was that, and. Um, and and the other one was of course was uh, just the, the when they, when I went around a corner all of a sudden the light flashed that's because the oil was so the low. oil was so low and of course their comeback usually is how come there's no light or warning system to tell me that I need to do that and um, <laughs> or they say well the red light didn't come on I said well the red light means there's no oil mm-hmm. and it means there's no oil pressure and you've only got seconds before that sucker blows up that's right. And uh, and of course we the, we also understand that that's why they call them idiot lights. And and if mm-hmm. you're waiting for that light to come on, you be an idiot. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so there are cars down the road, and and a lot of times people come back and said, well, you know, my old Chev never did that. Um, I I changed the oil regularly, and I never had to add in between unless there was a leak, which 
you know, you could see. Yeah. Uh, but th- the manufacturer decided that, that they want to help the environment, help you spend less money, I guess. They've got a synthetic oil and longer intervals for changes. Yes. So now you're not taking your car in every three months to have the oil changed. That's you're right. taking it in every six months or in certain or longer. cars longer. Yeah. Um, and you have to understand there are certain cars out there that consume oil. Mm-hmm. Okay. Consuming it means that they burn it. Now, you don't see a cloud of smoke behind you, so that's, people don't know that. But, in fact, they are using the oil. Because, um, as a matter of fact, my buddy said when he got his first M5, mm-hmm. the first thing they showed him was the liter of oil that they gave him in the trunk, the salesman. Yes. He said, these cars consume oil. Yep. He goes, oh, what do you mean? He says, it means you have to <laughs> check it every second or third, fill up with gas. Yep. You may find that you have to top it up. So, uh, again, and, and, and if you don't adhere to that and you mm. run out of oil, Brian, tell the folks what happens to your warranty. Uh, that's all bad news. It is all <laughs> bad news because it becomes very, very expensive to replace a high-performance engine like that. It does. It, it, and it, it, listen, it costs lots of money to change any odor, uh, any oh, odor, motor. Motor, yes. <laughs> yeah. And, and, you know, this is the thing. But, you know, cars have dipsticks for a reason. Yes, as a matter of fact, I, I showed somebody on Friday. It was a younger fellow, too. That was the one with, that had the feet up on the dashboard. Oh, no. Yeah, <laughs> and and I had to explain to him, by the way, I'm changing your oil. He says, but I only came in for the tires. I said, I only stand you just came in for your tires, but my mechanics checked the levels of the vehicles before they go, out, mm-hmm. and you had none on your dipstick. He says, uh, so I said, you need to check it once in a while. He says, well, I don't own a dipstick. I said, well, well, you mm. you do own a dipstick. Yeah, it's right there. It, it's free with almost every car. <laughs> and so let's go out to the parking lot. And, uh, uh, and, of course, the first trick was do not have to open up the hood. And we we had to go from ground one. Oh, okay. no. So he didn't yes. even know how to open no, the hood. No, no, no. Oh, wow. So, so I asked him, I said, um, but in, in the minimum, you're going to have to put in washer fluid. Yeah. Right. Like, oh, there's probably no washer fluid in the thing. <laughs> or, or you top it up for free at your shop. No, I, I, in fact, what the answer was was, I always shared a car with my brother and my mother, and one of them used to take care of it. <laughs> I said, well, that, that was that. This is now. We want to thank our guests, of course, Elliot Silverstein from CAA with the great product. My Pace will save you money. And, uh, of course, Rob Khaleesi from Element Fire Protection. Yeah, go to elementfirecanada.com. Use coupon code DCG10 for 10% off. Makes a wonderful Christmas gift. Exactly. I mean, the holiday lights, whether it's Hanukkah or Christmas, you got to be careful with all those candles. Uh, eh? Absolutely. And you never know when a fire can start. Exactly. You want to thank Carlos, doing a great job here. And, of course, if you got a moment, check out uh, uh, Good Shepherd. How do they get that? Uh, it's Good Shepherd Ministries. Okay. Yeah, here in the city. So help us get the 500 followers on Instagram, Dave's Corner Garage 1. And uh, we're making a nice donation to Good Shepherd Ministries. Everybody, have yourself a great week. Drive safe. Pick up a fire extinguisher because you never know. We'll be uh, back then. We'll we'll see see you next week. Bye-bye, everyone. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.